Uh, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview <laughs> Podcast on Friday, October the 25th. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about possible bribery in a state house race, the return of Stephen Jones, and Literock director Ken Richardson, and the police, and who knows, maybe some more. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brandt. Afternoon. So, uh, some possible chicanery in a, a state house race. Yeah, you know, I can't decide if this is a big deal, small deal, but it's kind of interesting. Uh, there, there are also some political angles to it. There's going to be a at least a three-way Republican primary for a House seat up in the Jonesboro area because the incumbent's running for Senate. And uh, the mayor of, uh, of Lake City, Arkansas, John Milligan, has a uh, – he had been a friend, I think, a local preacher who's on the city planning board in tiny Lake City named uh, – named Coons, uh, who uh, they go back and forth on texts all the time. Well, on September the 8th, they were talking about pro football, and the mayor said, well, uh, the Dallas Cowboys did pretty good today, and normally he hates the Cowboys. And then Coons came back and said, well, the next thing you're going to tell me, I'm so surprised you said that, that you're getting out of the house race. And and he said, why would I do that? He said, well, we could make it worth your while if uh, you get out of the house race and, and, and endorse my man who's running from Jonesboro, a doctor uh, named named Peck, uh, we think, I think I can get you a $20,000 scholarship for your daughter, Natalie, who's, uh, in first year in med, med school in UAMS. And the, the mayor was taken aback by this. He tells me and, and got off the phone for a minute and said, this, what this guy just said to me, he told his wife. And then he quickly came back and said no. And then he told his campaign consultants about it. If you, I've had the full back and forth on, on the blog and that the mayor sent me screenshots of the text and you know it doesn't he said the guy who sent these messages a week or so later at a, at a county fair told him it was a joke well it doesn't read like a joke it reads very serious he said you know time is short you better take off this deal and we'll get together and this will be good and then my man's going to run for senate eventually and then you can run for state house like you always plan well the mayor didn't report this to anybody official, but he showed it to others who were aghast at it. And it got referred to the, of all places, not a police agency, but the Attorney General's Public Integrity Division. This was something that Leslie Rutledge set up a year ago to kind of make some hay for herself as how she was going to root out bad actors in state government. And it hadn't done anything in the year it's been in business. Well, it it did uh, make one filing in the case of the mayor, Eudora, who'd failed to disclose a criminal conviction, and they filed a charge against him for doing that. And it looked like they weren't doing anything in this case. I mean, it was just kind of sitting there, and I think my my feeling is is that this leaked out because it also leaked not only to me but the Arkansas Democrat Gazette at about the same time that this was to put some pressure on the attorney general's office to do something finally about this case. They won't confirm that they're investigating it, but the mayor and others have said they've heard for their investigators. So in any event, uh, was it a joke? Was it truly a quid pro quo? This guy who made the offer is kind of a brush arbor preacher. He's not, doesn't sound like a real sophisticated guy. Got a nice picture of himself on his Facebook page with this guy. He's this doctor. He's back and this doctor, by the way, ran unsuccessfully for this seat two years ago against Dan Sullivan. So I don't know what's going to become of it. The mayor said he was willing to let let it go, but he was not happy about it. It was interesting. The Democrat Gazette story quoted him as saying flatly that it was a joke. 
And that's not exactly what he told me. He said that the guy who sent the text said it was a joke. And I said, do you believe it was a joke? And he said, that's what he said, which is not the same thing as saying, yes, I believe that it was a joke. And in fact, he made it clear he was very unhappy that somehow his daughter got injected into some kind of deal making for him to to get out of a political race. In any event, he's still in it. Whether this will have any effect on the other. The other candidate, by the way, said he knew nothing, knows nothing, had nothing to do with it, never saw the text, shocked and dismayed. Are these Democrats? No, they're all Republicans. Okay. That seems to be in the water in Jonesboro. It's pretty much uh, no Democrat ran in this seat the last time. So. And is this uh, Dan Sullivan's Dan Sullivan's seat? seat, and he's running for Senate, right? Okay. All right, from uh, from one potential political corruption story to another one with at least a whiff of it, uh, West Memphis Mayor Marco McClendon announced on the city website the hiring of Stephen Jones as Director of Business and Community Relations. This is not the Stephen Jones famous uh, from Dallas Cowboys. No. Uh, this is Stephen Jones, who is famous in political circles for being involved in uh, the preferred family health um Rusty Craig. Yeah, Steve, Steve Jones was a state representative, then got hired as a deputy director at Depo- Department of Human Services, and he was the first domino to fall in what became a pretty big public corruption trial. He pleaded guilty to taking some money from a mental health services operator, Ted Sewell. So that oh, not, not, I was wrong, so... It's Ted Sewell, not Rusty Cranford. Oh, yeah. There, yeah. Not, not preferred family health. And uh, to provide inside information about, uh, about DHS, which regulates mental health people. And there was a West Memphis alderman who was in on the deal. Well, Steve Jones served 30 months in prison and, and, a, and a year's supervised release and is back out in society. And he got hired as a community and business relationship director by the new mayor of, of West Memphis. And uh, I've later talked to the mayor briefly, and he's being paid $53,000 a year. And the mayor said, I believe in rehabilitation. He's paid his debt to society. I've known him all my life. He's a good and smart man, and I think he deserves a second chance. And, and you know, all that's true. And Stephen Jones had a career in, in a development bank and in other places, smart guy. And, and you know, you don't want to sentence somebody to perpetual lack of work because of because of things they've done I, I think the appearance of this is a little had a certain appearance it drew attention of a lot in the media because of two things number one he left off his resume on the city website his past job at the Department of Human Services and his legislative career but because it is a government job and it's it's a political appointment the mayor's a politician he had the ability to hire somebody and he hired somebody and it was it was misdeeds as a public official that got jones in the first place you know i hope it works out for all concerned and it's all out in the open there's certainly no secrets about it and the mayor didn't when he finally got back to me i mean didn't shy away from that so okay Little Rock uh, police this week released dash cam footage of the arrest several weeks ago of city director Ken Richardson for obstructing governmental operations. Well, uh, an internal review of this is underway and, and the charge still pending against Richardson. He hadn't gone to trial, but I have to say, and they haven't re- released the entire videotape of the entire episode and uh, there is there is some more audio tape that's been released, but 
but I have to say, based on what's been done before, what's been released so far, and what we know about the police department, this sure looks like an illustration of something that Ken Richardson has complained about for years. Ken Richardson, for those of you who don't know, is a black man. Uh, he has had tense relations with the police in the past because the overwhelmingly white police force uses tactics in his ward, which is heavily black, that are more akin to being guards than it is protectors or community policers. Uh, you know, there's just a long simmering thing in Little Rock in which the white force, most of the white officers don't live in the city. They say there's too much crime here and the schools are too bad because they're too full of black people. <coughs> what they mean when they say that. And here, and, and, and I think I think this is also an illustration of the nationwide thing, which is all of us, and I include myself in this, we have inbred feelings, and there may be some exceptions to this, but I think it's the rare human being that doesn't have some inbred feelings about people based on the color of their skin. A lot of white people see a black person, particularly in a setting that's maybe not wide out in the open and they get a little nervous and I think I think that white police officers and we see this in in the disparate use of deadly force against blacks versus against whites they see a black person as a potential threat at least as opposed to just another person what happened here was pretty simple because Richardson has his feelings about how police interact with black people he stopped his car on a shopping center parking lot in West Little Rock because there was a police officer questioning a young black male. It turned out that he fit the description of a, a suspect in a robbery. He wasn't eventually charged with that. He wasn't arrested on it. And Richardson was just watching. And the suspect said something to the officer about, I think he's filming me. And the officer turned to Richardson and said, stop filming him. And, and Richardson said, I'm not filming him. Furthermore, even if he was, he's fully entitled to do that. Uh, and then the officer said, well, there's nothing for you to see here. Go on, leave, drive away, leave this place. And, and uh, you know, I don't think the officer has any right to tell somebody to leave the scene. That There is room if you're impeding an operation or getting in the, or causing a lack of safety to anyone, an officer can clear, can move people away from a scene. Uh, but in this case, uh, the officer, he claims Richardson took a step toward him. And Richard, by the way, the film, Richardson's dressed in a suit, is very calm, is not acting out, is not shouting. And the officer says, okay, that's it. Uh, you, I'm arresting you. And handcuffs him and puts him in the car for 30 minutes and releases him. It's just a citation. It's a misdemeanor. It's set for trial in January. Richardson says the police chief called him that night and apologized. Uh, but although the, a police spokesman has since said, well, he was just apologizing for any suggestion that it was wrong for him to take video because, of course, that's legal. Not necessarily apologizing for the arrest entirely. We'll, we'll just see. Uh, Richardson, in his uh, interview by the internal investigation, <laughs> it was kind of interesting. One of the questions I asked him was, "Is well, why didn't you just tell him you were a city director? And he said, he said, that would have been the stupidest thing I could have done. Then the story would have been I tried to use my office to get out of trouble. I mean, they were going to have him both ways, arrested one way or blacking his name the other. I, we, just have, we just have a problem with attitudes on this police force. I do think our new chief, who is a black man and who's taken some steps to date, that 
recognize some of these problems, maybe is going to move somewhat in the right better direction, better than Kenton Buckner, who was a black chief who endorsed this policy of community policing in Richardson's neighborhood of random traffic stops of just stopping people for no reason just to kind of let them know that the cops were watching them. So anyway, that's, that's where that stands. Okay, well, I guess we should mention uh, the latest in the Little Rock School District uh, versus the state. Um, news this week, the district asked for and got approval to pay subsidy <clears throat> teachers $180 a day. That's about $100 more than is usual pay. Uh, and Superintendent Mike Poor sent out a letter to parents and the media saying that schools would be open even if there's a, a work stoppage. That, Boy, if that's you know, be hard. it'll be hard. I mean, I, of course, I, I, you know this better than I do. I don't know what the LREA has said or intimated if they plan a broad action or some selective action or what. I don't know, but but you know, a quality, you know, as poor mentioned today, you know, you've got to get a background check now for substitute teachers. You just can't go haul in somebody from the Union Rescue Mission to sit in front of a class. And if it's a broad, if 70% of the 1,600 teachers are members, that's 1,000 teachers, and if half of them participate, 500 substitutes, I, I boy, I just, and, and I don't care how qualified your substitute is, unless you're a long-term substitute and know you're expecting to teach a class, there's no teaching going to be going on. Right. But the, the superintendent said it'd be better to have the kids in class, in the school, and I mean, I don't have any reason to dispute that. I, I, I don't know. I just, I just don't know what's going to happen, and I just see a looming mess. Yeah. Well, of course, he has to do this. Well, of course, he's under, he's under orders from Johnny Key, the nominal school board of the Little Rock School District, to, to do the best he can. Right. And, and I notice he repeated the mantra that it's the local control is returning to the schools, of which we yet have no promise of that and no clear indication of. Right, but again, he probably is pretty much forced. Oh, to say I, that. I, I th- he, as somebody else, somebody jumped poor for this letter today on Facebook. I saw, and somebody responded. And it was a teacher who is an LREA member and is committed to the cause. Who said, "Hey, listen, he stood up at the school board and backed the teachers." Yeah, which is true. Yeah, and then got summarily overruled by a unanimous state board of education. Right. Well, I know there are efforts to provide safe places for kids to go and to be fed. Uh, certainly, there'll be some solidarity among parents who would rather their kids go there than to school that's manned by just a few people. I'd guess that they try this a couple of days and realize it's not going to work, and then a day maybe and, and close it down if there is indeed if it's, if a widespread work lengthy, stoppage. lengthy work stoppage. But... Uh, <clears throat> There's a planned professional development day on November 1st, which would be the first day without a contract. So the, the I'd say, odds-on favorite for the, the first day of, of any kind of strike, if it happens, will be October, November 4th. Yeah, because the first is a, is a Friday. Right. And so then there's a weekend. Yeah. Well, we shall see. Okay, well, let's leave it there and move on to endorsements. What do you got? Well, I, I just want to ma- for last week, I went back and watched El Camino again. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you some time. I watched and it, too. I watched it again, and then I read some plot summaries, and I finally get it. 
I mean, there were some flashbacks. I just said, you know, it's just, it's just hard for old timers like me. And I finally kind of got an idea of who these guys were that Jesse was getting involved with and where the flashbacks were. And, and so, okay, it wasn't bad. Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> some some good scenes from Landry from Friday Night Lights. God, Landry, yeah. I mean, Landry was so such a dark. great character on Friday Night Lights, but on this show, he's yeah, dark. Oh, man, he's a bad guy. Yes. Crazy. Yeah, big time. That was good. I had that uh, had that with a uh, balada from El Sur, which I think I've mentioned before, the Honduran food truck. Have you gone to that? Uh, I had some once. Funny you should say that because my daughter was in town briefly and had gone to Dos Rocos and didn't eat all her pupusas and brought it home that night. So the second time I watched El Camino, I was eating some pupusas oh, from nice. Dos Rocos. Yeah, I think the... Harmonic the, convergence the, there. The balada is... I can't, I'm not sure there's anything better to eat in Literac. It is... The Al, if you get an alpastor with all the beans and guacamole and the fried plantain, oof, it is good. Uh, I'll also endorse uh, the bookstore at Library Square, which is um, the Central Arkansas Library's um, used book store. I'm sure that I've endorsed it before. I know we, we've endorsed it dozens of times in our uh, Best of Arkansas editor's picks. Man, it's good. Every time I go, they have an even better selection. I went today because... My nine-year-old son is really into reading novels now and is just tearing through things. And so I wanted to, to get him some books. And Is he reading adult novels? No, he's he just... Uh, youth, no, youth novels. Wrinkle in Time, and um, I got him Hatchet. And, you know, do you remember, do you have any favorites from that? My time as a reader was... Uh, Sports books, Chip Hilton stories, you know. And I read Hardy Boys. And Hardy Boys, yeah, I read Hardy Boys too. Yeah, well, I'm trying to to cultivate, you know, his, his to, to really seize on. He goes through obsessions and reading is one now. So I'm oh, that's, that's, I, I read stacks of books every night when I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, I, we used to, I mean, going to the library was, yeah, we was did, a deal. That's our, we have kind of a, a weekly routine but you know sometimes it's nice to, to own them too i've got a problem myself buying books he uh i still read to him he's not i mean he can read whatever but it, i like reading books that are a little hard for him and uh he, he told me the other day that he he's like is it okay that i like being read to he's getting made fun of at oh. school like you can't read and like you Everybody knows you can read. It's fine. Yeah, some people, you know, some people like to be read to. Well, I mean, the New Democrat Gazette app will read the paper to you. There you go. So yeah. how about that? <laughs> By the way, they had a major glitch last night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I learned from my wife who was in, in Egypt and wanted to download the paper and said, you have to resubscribe. And she said, what's this? We're paid up. And I tried to call, and I was on hold for like 20 minutes waiting to get through to their customer service. Well, they had some huge computer glitch last night, and everybody who's getting it only digitally had to either reboot their iPad or figure out how you go into their settings thing on their page and log out and then log back in. Ooh. That wasn't very hard for me, but all of these first-time late adapter people that are used to having a paper paper and got talked into doing this 
I think they had a bad. I think they had. I'm glad I wasn't in customer service at the DG this morning. I think they had a bad morning. Well, yeah, and they're they're about to have many more customers because they're moving into yeah, Little Yeah, December first is the Hillcrest date, and that's a pretty big. That's a you know I'm gonna live on one of those streets where they still throw a paper at nearly every house. <coughs> so uh, that's uh, they got a lot of people about to come online. I think. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Subscribe to your favorite uh, podcast spot, and we'll be back next week. See you later.